A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hello, bonjour, and wagwan, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode. Today's episode is brought to you by The DNA Project, your entertainment agency. Please visit thednaproject.ca to learn more. It's also brought to you by The MPL, Toronto's modular film and audio studios. Please visit the-mpl.com for more details. Our guest today for this episode is Lorraine Lawson. Not only is Lorraine the proud founder of Lawson Vocal Studios here in Toronto, she's also one of the most successful vocal coaches in North America. She's the vocal coach on CTV's The Launch and season five of the hit show Shit's Creek. Some other notable artists she's coached include Blake McGrath and R&B star Roy Woods. We decided to record this episode remotely for safety concerns during COVID-19, but we had a great conversation with her about the innovative programming at her studio and tap into her wealth of knowledge in coaching and performing. It was an incredible conversation with such an amazing, multi-talented woman, and I know you guys will enjoy it. This is the DNA Airwaves. Oh, are we not recording? We are, we, we are. I, I wanted to give a heads up before. Thanks for the heads up. I, uh, I really wish we had we've already started. That. Don't worry, you, we've already started. Can you do that again? Yeah, do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Carlos Morgan. <laughs> the one, the only. You spent some time with him. Oh. That is a great intro. Damn. That is That's the, the best way to start. Carlos Morgan is one of our Canadian R&B pioneers for sure, and that was awesome. Award winner, Juno Award, Juno award winner, winner. Carlos, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I've shared the stage many, 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 many times with that guy, and he's unbelievable. What a singer. And we've had him for Lost in Vocal Studios. I'm jumping in, guys. But yeah. uh, we do a lot of online classes, and Carlos has joined me multiple times for something we call vocal riffs. So that singers can learn wow. to riff, just like, ooh, just like ooh, that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, <laughs> that's incredible! Ariana Grande you... style, there. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, and I want to be that person. I want to. <laughs> <be able> to <laughs> yes. Why aren't you joining me? You got to hey, join me. me. The first Tuesday of every month is vocal riff. Uh, for Lost in Vocal Studios, so you should be joining me. Oh, wow. Tariki, are you down? I'm down. I'll do it. I'll do it if we all Okay. Do. Matt, how do you feel about this? <laughs> yeah, I want to learn how to riff. <laughs> okay. All there right. you go. Guys, of course. you are my guest. We'll send you the link. Awesome. It's an honor. <laughs> I am and Jenna writes that down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no seriously, really you cool. can be my guest uh, next, okay. next Tuesday, or the first Tuesday of, of November. Amazing. I am looking forward to that. Um, and I guess while we're on that, why don't we get it started off? Let us know, how did you get started off um, in vocal coaching, training? Crazy. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. This is super fun. Uh, I love this online platform where I get to see you guys and not just talk over a phone. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, vocal coaching comes to me really quite naturally. I taught dance for years and was a dancer first. And then when I kind of moved away from musical theater, I went to Humber College uh, for, for music and people started asking me, you know, hey, could you help me with this song or could you help me like achieve that note? And I went on this deep dive myself into singing. Like I wanted to have unlimited ability. My want was not necessarily to be famous, but to know that I could make this do anything that I wanted, just like being a dancer. I wanted to learn every style of dance. I wanted to learn every style of singing. And 
it seemed like a natural fit um, as a job also so that I could stay in music. And, and so I've really been coaching, I think since I was like 20 or 21 for sure. Um, and I love it. You know, it's a big part of the balance of, you know, coaching, performing and studio work. That's kind of how I've made my living really almost since I was 16. Wow. Some kind of coaching, performing, uh, and up until COVID, performing one or two nights a week. Um, and I've traveled all over the world as a performer and, um, and love it. You know, I love an audience, whether it's an intimate jazz gig or a huge band gig. I, I love it all, even if it's a musical theater show gig. Um, and then, of course, studio work. Since I was 16, I've been recording as well. So. Coaching really coaching helps. Coaching really helps get better at your craft, right? Like, do, do you feel like you would, you're a better singer than you would have been if you weren't a coach? A hundred percent. Yes, a hundred percent. And in fact, you know, I often will say to the coaches that now we have the studio space, which also I could talk about later, you know, kind of organically grew. But when you start coaching it, you start improving yourself in a huge way because you have to become quite technically proficient. You have to know that uh, singing in particular is auditory. So we learn from our ears. People want to sing like you. And so you have to be the best version of yourself each and every time I'm working with an artist. I have to be on my best game, right? Because I know they're learning through their ear, their brain, and then that's what's telling, you know, the vocal cords uh, to work. So to coach it means that you are going to improve 100%. You're totally correct. Yeah. And I love it. That That's a big part of um, you have to love what you're doing. You can't coach something sure. that you don't love because, yeah, what, what, why would someone come? <laughs> Can I ask I another question? Yeah. Can I ask another question? Um, how often do you run into people who are actually tone deaf? <laughs> Because people say I'm tone deaf pretty often. <laughs> How often does somebody come in and you're like, uh, okay, I can't help you? Yeah. No, it's, it's actually never happened. I've never sent really? anyone away. And I've never sent anyone. Uh, I've never told anyone, especially parents, by the way. <laughs> you know, parents are always like, is my child going to be like the next big star? Uh, I've never said to anyone that I couldn't help them. But for whatever reason, the artists and singers that gravitate towards me usually can sing already. I, I made a point early on um, to not be the technical coach. And in particular, when we opened Lawson Vocal Studios and I asked, and Falconer Abraham and I kind of came together a little bit on this. Uh, he is one of the best vocal masters in Canada, if not North America. He would be my vocal coach. And mm -hmm. when he was looking for a space and we were mutually just talking, I said, do you want to come and be a part of Lost and Local Studios? Um, he really is a technical master. So he may work with singers like that. I tend to gravitate towards singers who can sing already, who are artists, who want more help with song production and how to milk all your vocal hooks and how to really tell your story using your voice and the authentic uh, uniqueness of the voice. So I sort of found my own path, I guess you could say, as a vocal coach, being less technical, still getting great results, but diving in to help this person achieve their best voice as opposed to a voice that fits the technical box. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. How, how do you kind of divide it up? Because, I mean, coaching is a very different mindset and game all around than performing do you have one that you prefer um performance over coaching or they kind of but is it but is it different i mean it's, it's not different it is the same you know same. to me coaching and performing are the same like okay. i'm performing right now like we're performing you, you know and if i'm if i'm going to be inspiring which mm -hmm. you know Again, like as a coach, I was really clear that I needed to be interesting and interested in the person I was working with. I needed to be inspiring and inspired by the person I was working with. Well, isn't that the same as being a performer? I need to be interesting, yeah. but I need to be interested in the audience. I need to be inspiring, but I need to be inspired by the audience. And so it is the sure. same, people. It is not different. And therefore, getting back to the earlier question about someone who may have had the odd, 
you know, singer who has a goal, has a dream, but really can't sing. It has happened. It's very rare. It has happened. Am mm. I going to shut down that dream? Hell no. Mm-mm. I'm going to help you achieve that dream because that's why you came to me. That's why you came to me. Would would a personal trainer say to a person who's like, you know, overweight and out of shape, I'm sorry, I can't work with you. No, no. You are too yeah. out of shape. You're too, no way. That's their business. My business is to help you achieve whatever goals you have. And I'm so, passionate about it. So basically tone deafness isn't really a thing in almost any case. And if somebody thinks they're tone deaf, what do you have to say to them? Well, okay. So let's talk about tone deaf for a second. So usually people who talk, you have a little bit of this, I have to tell you, Matt. I have what? You kind of talk like, you kind of talk like this. So it is 10 in the morning. I think Matt just woke up. For, for, a, for a musician, that's really early. <laughs> it is really early, true. But listen to me. Mm-hmm. If the speaking voice doesn't have pitch, so for example... My voice is going down. My voice is going up. My voice is going down. A lot of people talk like this, and it's monotone. So why do you think now I can sing a song? It's impossible. My voice has absolutely gone to a monotone speaking voice. I'm not working this out in terms of pitch. I'm staying within. Now I'm going to talk normal, okay? Mm -hmm. But you see how my voice was kind of within maybe three, three tones at the most. And so yeah. then why on earth do you think that you can go, oh, wait, uh, no, because the voice is controlled, the muscle memory is here, right? All the muscles, uh, the vocal cords themselves are not coordinated to start to move. So the first place I'm going to go is your speaking voice. I'm going to get this working. Forget singing. Let's get the speaking voice more geared up passionate, find color, find pressure release, find rhythm, find emphasis. Hey, now we can sing a song. You hear that, Anthony? She's talking to you. (laughs) She's talking directly to my heart. And actually, Matt, since you are, I have a question, Lorraine, um, and then I want to try something. (laughs) Where you said Matt's voice this morning happens to be within a very small range what would you suggest a typical speaking voice should be to add the interest in all these other colors that you've mentioned? To give us an well, example. there's an optimum speaking voice, and actors spend a lot of time finding it. But singers, for some reason, don't. So I, I'm not sure why that is, but singers absolutely neglect their speaking voice and the fact that they are so connected. When I work with artists, which has become certainly in the last, again, 10, 15 years, the majority of what I do has been with artists, maybe even longer, um, with artists who have uh, singles on the radio and doing really, really well streaming. They're performing already quite a bit. The majority of their career is speaking. It's not singing. They're doing interviews just like this. And so if we're not able to be compelling and interesting in our speaking voice, how on earth am I going to be equally interesting in the singing voice? So we have to find the optimum uh, speaking range and then use different colors to tell a story, right? I have to be interesting again. So a voice that is all monotone, and I'm going really exaggerating, but yeah. and all the same pressure, right? So I'm speaking with all the same volume is boring. There is no differentiation between one word to the next. You can't tell my emotional, you know, impact or, you know, am I emotionally connected to what I'm saying? But when I speak with an emotional connection, then look at what I'm doing with my hands. The entire time I'm talking to you, I'm using my body. So I am not just using my voice, you know. No, you have to use your whole self and put your whole self into this. You know, so you're telling us to speak Italian, basically. <laughs> Come or, on, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, that you could argue that that's one of the reasons why, uh, again, when you watch, like, even a Shawn Mendes, he speaks and sings almost identically. Mm. Almost identically. Yeah. The tone of the voice is the same. The pitch is so similar. Um He's so passionate and happy. He's got a smile on his face all the time. So the the speaking voice is 
telling you what the singing voice should be like. But if the speaking voice is boring, dull, you know, low, like we were saying, then how can you ask it to do more? Vice versa. If you've really worked on your singing voice, but not the, the speaking voice, and let's say, and I'm going to use, because I adore him, uh, Neon Dreams, you asked about coaching. I work with yeah. the lead singer, Frank Cadillac, quite a bit. And his speaking voice is quiet. His speaking voice is quiet. And so we've been working on that. And getting back to Matt, when you brought up about coaching, I brought him on one of my online classes to coach, not as an artist to have more mm -hmm. Q&A, but for him to coach it in the other artists, the 20 artists who were on this online class who had to speak to him and then he was going to give them feedback. And the co and it did exactly what I had hoped it would do, which is open up his brain and his ears to how the impact of the speaking voice can really have you lean in or sit back and lean back. You want people leaning into you, not going, oh, that was kind of like boring. And, okay, so. No, you want someone leaning in. Who cares? Start listening. That would be another really big thing that I'll say as a coach that a lot of people don't listen well. Hmm. They're too passive. You've got to listen actively to people that you're talking to, be a part mm -hmm. of the conversation. Can't be just a question and an answer. It's boring. You've got to get in. You've got to plug in and participate. Just like you guys are part of a band, right? right. So you already have yeah. listening skills that most singers do not because most singers actually ignore the band. They have no idea what the accompanists are doing or what their track is doing. They just sing the song. But so you're you saying guys singers are assholes. No, but the, muscle, <laughs> but the muscle of listening hasn't been developed. You know, mm -hmm. what is the guitar player doing? What is the bass doing? You guys are always talking to each other. You're talking to each other. And so why do singers like put their backs and only sing out? Like there's a whole band on stage with you that you can be listening and feeding off of. Getting back to riffing or Carlos Morgan, who's our friend who does it so well, he's yeah. listening to the band. If the guitar player goes, do, 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 and then he's going to go, do, 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 and I've heard him do it. He, yeah, he listens sure. to what the keyboard player is doing and his voice, he's so skilled here. He just starts riffing with the band. It's so cool. Very cool. I'm glad that you... Uh took us that, down that road and talked so much about the speaking voice, which I wasn't expecting. Um, but I think since we started this podcast, I did a little bit of a deep dive into the speaking voice. I've been doing a lot of researching and reading because that is one of the things that I think from doing the podcast is kind of, it came to light pretty early for me that my speaking voice is pretty terrible. Give us some range. Give I've us a couple more octaves. Go. Yeah, go, I'm, go. I'm, I'm leading into my question, Matt. You got to bear with me a second here. Let me use my hands so we could like do this whole thing. <laughs> Hold on. A okay. <laughs> so, Lorraine, I definitely more a lot more than I'm interested in any coaching for my singing voice. I am very interested in working on my speaking voice. Do you have any quick tips that you can give people like myself, just as far as things to think about when speaking and how to kind of break? past that little sure, range sure. stuff. So, so much is going on on the inside, right, to create this. So much yeah. that we have no control over, really. But in your case, I'm going to tell you, Anthony, that there are four articulators, and you're right now only using one, oh. which is the tongue. You literally are talking like this again. So your jaw is tight. You are not using your lips, right? Okay. And, but what is making the words is your tongue. So your tongue is attached to your larynx. I'm going to speak normally. Um, yeah. We have four articulators. Our cheeks. When I was talking about Sean Mendez, he uses his cheeks a lot. It causes a lot of tension. And as a result, you know that he has a professional um, ear, nose, and throat. No, he's a speech pathologist. His name is Aaron Lowe. And Aaron actually massages his larynx after the gig. Do you know that? Every show. Wow. He goes on Wait, tour how do you massage him. a larynx? Oh, and the outs. I thought he like goes in there. <laughs> Although I have had people put on gloves and you can massage your cheek, the inside of your mouth, your jaw. I've had it all done. Pretty crazy. Um, but no, you go from the inside and out. But because he's using his cheeks to talk so much, he kind of is smiling all the time. 
It's too up. It pulls the larynx up. The jaw is another one. You don't use your jaw. So can you drop your jaw? Drop my jaw? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See how your tongue pulls right back? Do yeah. You see how your tongue was pulled right back? Can you keep it? Yeah. Uh, drop and up. I wish the podcast no, no, had video jaw. for drop everybody. Drop your jaw. Drop your jaw. Drop your jaw. Drop your jaw. It will be very difficult for you to do this. Now, do you see uh-huh. how there's an indent to your tongue there? Uh-huh. I saw that. Yep. Uh-huh. So your tongue, we call it muscular dysphonia. It means that the tongue is too tight. And you see how you hardly could drop your jaw? So we, yeah. you and I, if we were working, I wouldn't even start with singing. We have to eliminate that first and start okay. building in core voice because your vocal cords will not coordinate if the tongue is too tight. The tongue uh. is designed to bring food and liquid to your esophagus. And so if, if we're using it too much in speech, Think about um, with arms wide open. <laughs> Creed, I got you, babe. You know, like Cher. Yeah. The tongue is way back. Christina Aguilera. Oh, yeah. Is that darker sound because the tongue mm. pulls back. It dulls the pitch. It dulls the tone. So I'm going to give you an example. Do you believe in love of love? forward think about Stevie Wonder that sound is forward because his tongue yeah. is flat Bruno Mars flat <sighs> tongue Shaka Khan flat tongue and when I was learning how to sing I was like I've got to figure out you know I wanted to sound like a lot of these singers and yeah. what are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? Well, I have a very small mouth. I kept thinking you need a big mouth. But then I, not the size of the mouth. It's the tongue. If the tongue is flat, people seem to have a bigger range. When the tongue pulls back, it could be a very cool tone. Like, oh, this is a great example. Wherever, whenever, we'll be together. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought quite well. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the top of the range is pulled back. And then she went forward. And then she went backwards again. Then she went oh. forward. And it's a little bit of her sound. So it's a little bit of the sound. The same tone, the same pitch. Uh, uh, the same. Uh. Uh, uh, wow. Same tone. Same pitch. <clears throat> Melodyne, by the way, won't fix that <laughs> because it's in tune yeah, technically, yeah. but one sounds like it's going flat and one sounds like it's in tune. So the jaw, relaxing the cheeks, using the lips, and really eliminating the tongue, trying to be as almost not using it at all. We do need it for a few consonants. I could dive into all of that too. It's very in-depth but and vowels, but for the most part, if we can keep it behind our bottom teeth or on top of our teeth, then it's out of the way. Our vocal cords are free to change pitch, but my tone stays forward. I'm not going backwards and forwards. It would be weird if I did that. Or if I pin it too nasal, you know, if I scrunch up my <laughs> cheeks and I go too forward. Well, there's lots of singing teachers who teach that, you know, and it's too bright. It's too nasal. That's kind of ugly also. So, we want to find this natural voice that's a little bit more unified, relaxing the jaw, relaxing the cheeks, using the lips, and eliminating uh, the tongue. Speaking of uh, mouth sizes, <laughs> uh, Freddie Mercury always refused to get his teeth fixed because he thought he, he swore that that was why he had that voice. Do you think that's true, or do you think anybody with any mouth size could be trained to sing like that? Any mouth size can be trained, but I do think, and I've seen it, that people who have dental work change their voice Mm. 1,000%. And I've seen it with people, again, with tongue issues because they had a lot of braces or Uh jaw issues because they had braces. So it told the brain, oh, this hurts, right? To use my mouth and my lip kind of hurt. So I stop using it. And I, I, right? And my tongue stays away. Because maybe you have like one of those retainers with a, you know, a thing, you know, behind your yeah. teeth. 
So it's like your tongue doesn't want to touch any of that. So it stays here. And, or you don't want to use your ooh, ooh, so o, ooh, ooh, and uh, uh, all. You have to use your lips on those vowels. A lot of people don't do that. So it's a psychological it's thing. It's that. not that the mouth shape and size is actually hindering, for the most part, the same. Okay, I see. Wow. But it, could it change your voice if you stretched your jaw or... I so think you think could. if if Freddie you Mercury know, had the, those teeth, those molars removed, and then trained with you, he'd be back with the same voice? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Because ultimately, <laughs> it is your vocal cords' ability to coordinate, and then resonation does happen in your, you know, your jaw, your nasal cavities, your head. Um, so unless you're doing some kind of structural change, it shouldn't change. But like you said, it's habit. Mm. And it's the brain going, ah, and then it puts all this tension. So as long as we can eliminate tension and strain, the vocal cords can work really, really well. I often, that's why I was saying that most of the people who come to me can sing already. Most people have great vocal cords, but their their head, their face, their tension, the way they're hitting notes um, isn't allowing that natural flow of the vocal cords to change pitch effectively. Mm. I knew it. The word lives in your face, right? The word lives here. Mm. Pitch lives here. That sounds like a t-shirt. Tone lives here. Pitch <laughs> lives here. So we, we want those two things to work together, yeah. not fighting <clears throat> each other, not fighting each other. You know, how many singers have you seen who are, you know, <laughs> you know, doing all these crazy things with their face? And some people can get away with it. I always say, like, there's no rules. If it works for you, Tom York. great. There's no rules. Whatever, like it were even a raspy voice, for example. What about Brian Adams? Like one of the best raspy voices on the planet. He tours 200 plus states a year, never loses his voice. I don't know how he can do that. Like that's a miracle to me. So is there a, that's why I don't teach technically. Once I started working with artists, I realized that it doesn't matter what you're doing. What matters is that you can do it again and again and again and again. And so whether you're in the studio and you're layering vocals, you need to know you can do that hard for two hours and get a really great vocal performance and you're not going to lose your voice. Or you're going to be able to go on tour, stand on a stage and deliver no matter, like you said, Matt, morning, noon or night. Can I use my voice in the morning? Because what if you're traveling, you're jet lagged? You know, you have to wake up and give an interview at six in the morning or whatever, whatever, whatever the circumstances are. An artist must be able to do this anytime, anywhere. So how you do it is irrelevant as long as you can mm-hmm. do it wow. consistently. Right. That's not my job is to tell you you have to do it. But if Anthony, you came in, like you said, and I want to sing with you know more riffs, I can tell you why you can't because. The sound is too tight and the tongue is too tight. So then you can't get your voice to, to flutter or to move quickly. So, you know, there are limitations. So then it's about the want. What does the artist want? I told you earlier, my job is to only facilitate what the artist wants. You're not doing my technique. I'm helping you achieve your goals. And that's ultimately why I think uh, people like to work with me because I'm not asking you to live in a box. That's, I love that. Um, just to clarify, I, I mean, I love to riff. It's not on my <laughs> list of goals. I'm more concerned with just having that. No, this is happening. Anthony's before. riffing in. in Anthony has four weeks to riff, yeah. and then we're recording your riffing, okay? Okay, that's a good. No, because you're going to come on to my <laughs> okay. riff class, and we're going to get you Oh, riffing. I thought I was just going to work goal. on this. Okay, well, I'll riff. If you got me riffing, I will be more than grateful. Um how long does it typically take before you start to see changes? I mean, like, it probably depends on someone's level. Immediately. Oh, okay, never mind. Immediately. Yeah. Well, then I'm excited. Immediately. That's really exciting. Yeah, my goal is immediate results, right? Like, you know, A, I charge a lot of money for my time, and I want you to get something True. right yeah. now. I don't need you to wait a month. I, I want you to get something That's right now that you can use. and that Psychologists should have the, the same way of working. <laughs> Philosophy, yeah. Right. Progress guaranteed. You no, know, here's first. another philosophy. <laughs> Progress guaranteed. So uh, I've worked with Scott Hellman. I've worked with a, a lot of Canadian artists that have done really, really well. And my, I, it really occurred to me after working with him at the beginning of his career that if I do my job right, 
you don't need me anymore. Huh. Wow. That's really the goal. If I've done my job well, you don't need me. But I have relationships, I told yeah. you, with many of my artists. And they, <clears throat> they return for one or two coaching. Maybe if they're, I just worked with Roy a couple weeks ago. He's back in the studio. So we were working ahead of each studio session. And then I might not work with Roy Woods for, you know, two years. And then maybe they come back, you know, a year later or six months later or whatever. Yeah. Hey, I'm working on something else or I'm working on a performance now. Let's do it. So my relationship with artists is long, but not weekly. I don't require that. That's just not my business. Again, yeah. that's someone else's um, coaching business. But my coaching business is built on getting results right, right now. That's what matters. That's You've worked with a lot of artists of all different levels of uh, other stages of their career. Um, curious though, we didn't talk about this on air so far, but how did your start with the launch happen? Well, I have to give a huge thanks to Oren Isaac, who is the musical director of The Junos. Uh, he's the musical director on so many different TV shows. He does all the music for Battle of the Blades, for example, and the list of, of things that he's a oh, big brother, the list of things that he's the musical director for is huge. And uh, he just followed me on social media, believe it or oh, not. Wow. And he approached me. I had never worked officially for him or with him. Um, wow. He used to be the musical director and band uh, leader for a, a nighttime TV show that we had mm -hmm. in Canada that I happened to sing on several times, uh, but we never really connected. I mean, we're talking about years and years and years ago. So I get this uh, notification that he sent me something through Facebook and hey, can I pitch you for this TV show that I'm working on? I think you would be a great fit. I'm sure that they interviewed several vocal coaches for that job, but um, I was very lucky that they chose me and it's all really through social media. So it's, if people think that social media isn't working, it definitely is working. And if you're using it for the right reasons, you know why you're using it, it can be really effective. So my role on that TV show, again, was sort of beyond a vocal coach. And he knew that. He was also the vocal coach for Can or the musical director for Canadian Idol. And he said, I want you because I like the way that you work with artists. I like the way you're talking to them. I like the way that you're a bit of a psychologist, Matt, like you said. It's like, hey, my role is so much more mm -hmm. than a vocal coach. And, um, and on the TV show, it was definitely more than a vocal coach. Do you plan on uh, recording any projects of your own? <laughs> so I put out a thank you for asking. Um, I put out several CDs over my lifetime and prior uh, to myself putting out a CD that was picked up by EMI and it was with Page Music uh, at the time. Then I made a jazz album that was with Universal. But prior to Is that, I had probably done at least 20 full albums oh, wow. uh, where, you know, from the age of 16 uh, with different producers. And in those days, you really needed a gatekeeper. You needed an A&R rep from a record label to say yes and sign on the dotted line. So at least 20, I can't even tell, full albums too I've made uh, prior to releasing my, my singles. But just recently I did, and this is a fun project, and I don't know when it's going to come out, but uh, a good friend of mine is Craig McConnell, who happens to also have worked with uh, Carlos Morgan, who we were speaking about earlier, a great producer in Canada, a great songwriter. He had a song on Celine Dion's new album that just came right. out. Um, and he and I have worked together for years and he approached me, uh, in the beginning of this year. And he said, do you want to make a, a project together? And it was the first project that I've ever written the top line for something all by myself. So it was really fun just to write, uh, the melody and the lyric to his music. And, uh, it's a little EP and we're putting it under the name Jennifer Lonsdale. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Not Lorraine Lawson. I, I think it's like a soap opera name. I, I did it based because my studio is on the street Lonsdale and my middle name is Jennifer. Do you guys know about that? It's like mm. porn stars and soap opera stars. You use your middle name in the street you grew up oh, on. Wow. <laughs> <Okay>. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is funny. So 
I came up with Jennifer Lonsdale. Jermaine. Right so I, it's actually a really right. good project. So it's coming out kind of right now, I think. Do you want Very to cool. do more? Like, do you find that maybe you'll uh, start getting in the studio and recording more of your own projects in the future? It, this was just a right. fluke. I don't know. Yeah. What I have found that my passion, so I used to also be, you know, pretty well-known songwriter and did all the Canadian Idol song camps. And, you know, I've written with, I don't know, like huge songwriters, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then I kind of let it go, you know, just had a family and and whatever worked. Since opening the studio, I have written more during COVID. I have written more with the artists and singers that I work with than I ever have before. It's it's like a whole new uh, rekindling of something that, my God, I love it so much. Songwriting. I love expressing. I love helping others also express their story. Um, it's something that I'm, again, really passionate about. So I love a young, let's say, singer who wants to tell a story. Something's happened to them. Maybe they were bullied. Uh, maybe they, you know, had a love that didn't work out or, you know, they're heartbroken. And if I can help them tell that story, I've seen the catharsis. I've seen, like, the therapy. It's like therapy to write a song. So it's a big part of what I do here is actually help artists write, help singers write and tell their story. And it doesn't matter their age or where they're going. We just write just for the sake of it. If they want to release it, we'll help them do that. If they want to produce it, I help connect them with producers. Um, And if they just want to keep it for themselves, they can do that too. So it's a big part of what I do and it's something that I love. And if I end up doing more for myself, great. But You know, now is my time to help others, I think. That's Love incredible. it. I think that we will do a song together, Lorraine. <laughs> it'll be the, really? it'll be the song, the story of finding my voice. It's yes! Just, maybe, that's inspiration. Let's do it. <laughs> um, let's do it. I'm, I'll do it. I'm, let's find it. <laughs> I love it. I, I, uh, well, online I read, I did some research, found that you um, wrote or co-wrote a book. And in that, Ooh, about, let's get um, it. Yeah. Let me get oh, it. Oh, yeah, let's get it. You talked about um, some pretty important things to do with being an artist. Mm-hmm. The power of performance. Yeah. You talked about stage. Yes, and now look who did the back. Oh. Randy Lennox. Mm. Randy Lennox gave, wrote the foreword to this book, um, which is pretty cool. He is the um, CEO of Bell Media and obviously behind Universal Music for yeah. years and years and years. So deeply passionate about the music industry. So it was really good that he contributed uh, this forward to this book. And yeah, Mary Lou and I have been working together for years. She runs the commercial performance program at Sheridan College. Uh, It's the only program of its kind in the musical theater university program that it has a, a, a pop component. And we know that in musical theater, pop music, whether it's like Green Day's whole music, I don't know if you know, but they did a whole musical on their American music. Idiot. It was phenomenal. American Idiot. It was incredible, right? How about like We Will Rock You and all these incredible uh, shows. So uh, Mary Lou needed a textbook for her program. And I have been using different versions of books for the artist program that I do here at my studio, my artist development program, because there is no one size fits all. This is really a guided this book is a workbook. It's really a guided, um, you know, there's a lot of questions and exercises and challenges and gets you thinking about yourself in a different way. <clears throat> and I think because of being an artist myself, I told you I had done 20 different projects yeah. before I actually released my first CD myself, yeah. a pop CD. And that pop CD did pretty well. And within a year, uh, Somerset, which is part of Universal, they asked me to make a jazz album, and I put that out as well. In those 20 projects prior, I had done a country album, a thing, an adult wow. contemporary album. I mean, I can't even tell you how many things I've done. So I didn't know who I was. What story do I want to tell? I was willing to do any story that anyone asked me to do, but I wasn't willing to really look at what story I wanted to tell. And so uh, this is going to really help artists think about that, think about how they want to relate to their audience, because that's also a huge part of what we do. I can make music that I love, but I have to sell it 
I have to sell it to an audience. I have to know who they are, what their expectations of me are, and I have to deliver it. And if I don't have the skills to deliver it, I have to build those skills somehow. And I think that's where a coach like myself, finding coaches, finding producers, finding people, your team, just like you guys are part of a band, finding your team to say, this is where I want to go. Help me get there. Uh, and that's what I think this book will do for people. That's incredible. I think um, I know it will. Yeah. Say the, say the <laughs> name again so people know what to get and where to get it. So it's Power of Performance, Becoming the Artist You Are Meant to Be. Mm. And it's available on Amazon. Or you can just DM me or whatever, and we can uh, arrange a sale through our website, I think. Lost in Vocal Studio. Cool. Yeah. Have you uh, noticed an increase in, like, online vocal training? Are you, is that something that you've had to kind of do now with the whole uh, COVID situation? And do you, do you like that? So because... What are some, sorry, what are some of the, like, things you like or dislike about it? Yeah, so because I've been working with artists for so long... Um, I worked with a girl named Kai. She's based in Toronto, Grammy nominated, had a song with Flume. I've never been like you, only human, can't you see? Please don't, please don't make me wait. Do you guys remember that song? I don't know. It was a huge, huge song. Um, she was on tour with Flume. Flume is a producer based in Australia, did a world tour. She came out and only sang that one song every night. Uh, and we would warm up almost every night. Uh, same with Roy, wherever I've been in the world. I worked with uh, Emily Hampshire, who's an actress who was on Schitt's Creek. She sung on a couple of other TV shows, 12 Monkeys. Um, so wherever I have been in the world or wherever they are in the world, any professional artist or person that I've worked with, we've always done online coaching oh, okay. at some point. But with COVID, it has, I mean, obviously it became 100% of the business. I mean, who's coming in person uh, now maybe a few here and there. Um, but you guys can see, I mean, you've already figured me out, I'm sure, right? Mm-hmm. I am so effing passionate. Nothing's going to stop me from reaching or making a difference in your life. Like nothing. I am going to go through that little camera. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to get the results uh, for you. So the online coaching has been a lot of fun. And I think that people have really enjoyed taking our programs also online because it's in the comfort of your home, yeah. right? You didn't have to travel anywhere. And all of a sudden we're working with people in Nashville are taking our program. I've got a guy from Iran who's been taking our program, obviously right across Canada. uh, And, and we just want to keep building this thing because there are singers out there who want to feel a part of the community Mm -hmm. and not feel like they're so on their own lonely little journey and a bit lost, but wow, we can learn from each other. I learn sure. from them. Uh, they learn as they share together. Um, it's been really actually fun. COVID has been an interesting time for me and for my business. Yeah. I'm not sure we're making a ton of money. That's certainly not been the priority. The priority has been uh, just building our audience and building how we can make a difference for singers. What wow. do you think are the top three qualities in a good vocal coach? I mean, you got passion, Ooh. obviously technical ability. I could spew off a couple more for you, but what are the top three that a good vocal coach should have? Oh, that's, that is like a, a heated question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because obviously, um, I think that I have the qualities that make a really good vocal coach, but it's really about the singer and what their goals are. You know, I've often told people, too, this is, would be the same advice, whether you're finding a songwriting partner, whether it's a producer that you really want to lock into, a bandmate, right? You're trying to build a band. It's the same principle, which is there might be any number of great coaches out there or musicians, collaborators. You have to choose one that really resonates with you, that you're getting the results that you need and want. That's really ultimately it, right? Like there could be any number of bass players or guitar players that could play in your band, but you kind of hire each other for a number of reasons. There's a good vibe on stage. You guys are listening well. The musicianship kind of goes without saying uh, to me, 
Yeah. You know, it's like, are you a good hang? Mm-hmm. Are you someone you want to be around? And could I hire any other number of people to fill in that chair? You know, of course. But am I getting something? Am I getting something? It, 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 I don't know. Am I being lit up inside when this group of people come together? Are we working really well? Where I do find artists get really lost and singers get lost is when they think the grass is greener over there. And I've seen it happen, not just with vocal coaches or, or me, um, which by the way, you know, it's fine. It's about getting results. So it doesn't really matter. But, but I, I see artists going down a very slippery slope when they're working with a team. I'll give you Alessia Carr as an example. I don't work with her. Uh, I have worked for her indirectly putting singers together for her a number of times. But when she wrote the song here, it was with a group of people here in Toronto. And it happens all the time. That's how she got the notice, uh, you know, of a major label, Def Jam Records. You know, all of a sudden people are really digging what she's doing. And instead of keeping that team, you lose that team and you go over there. Uh, and, I, and you find other, you know, again, I want to work with Max Martin, let's say. I want to work with this person who's had hit records in the past. It does, it's irrelevant what they've done in the past. It's what they're doing for you right now. Are you getting the results that you need right now? Sure. And moving everything online in particular over the last 20 years with streaming, mm. I don't think it matters. Uh, I tell artists all the time, spend hundreds of dollars, not thousands uh, anymore. I, of course, you know, someone like a Craig McConnell is worth every penny. Whatever he charges you, he's incredible. And any number of producers are amazing. Yeah. But I don't think it matters. Artists are able to release their own music. You know, a Billie Eilish is a really good example of that. She and her brother just made it in their bedroom. It didn't cost them a dollar, not one dollar. Wow. And yet look at the results. The results are here. So it's about really getting the results that you love. You have to drive your own shit. You have to know that the songs you're writing matter. Jamie Fine is an artist that I've worked with. She just released a brand new single all on her own uh, by herself. And her caption under her social media today said it all. I got back to where I could write a song from a story that matters to me instead of trying to chase the number one hit. And I'll guarantee that she will be more satisfied with herself on a daily basis with that as the goal instead of trying to achieve almost an unattainable number one, number one, number one. What is that? We have to do music because we love it first. The money is second. You have to be in this game because you love what you're doing. You got to find people in your life that help you to do that, that make you feel good about doing that and be careful having too many. It would be like having too many boyfriends or too many girlfriends. Not so smart, right? Yeah. You're going to get into trouble if you have too many boyfriends <laughs> and too many girlfriends. So choose. Choose. Focus. Knowing there yeah. are other choices that would be equally great, just choose. It's okay that someone over there is working with someone else and getting great results. They might not get great results for you. So you got to really know yourself. Find an alignment with people that resonate with you, whether it's a vocal coach, a band, you know, a manager, an agent, a songwriting partner, a producer. This is your little team. This is your world. Yeah. And and let everyone else do their own world. Don't worry about that. Just stay in your little lane. It's like driving on a highway, I say. Everyone's going here. Right, yeah. But I'm in my own lane. I can't be, you know, swerve. You know those guys who do that yeah, on the road? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to get there faster? Just to think that they're getting there faster? Yeah. It's dangerous to do that. Right. It's dangerous. And I've seen it happen with artists. And they often fail when they're trying to change lanes. Oh, that looks like that lane's faster. I'm going to go over there. Oh, I'm going to go over there. Yeah. Instead of just staying in their lane and let's all get there at the, the same time. Yeah, I love that. You talked about the music coming from your heart. That was a good one. Yeah, the music coming from your heart, the passion, the focus. Those are really big lessons for, for all of us to uh, really take in. Hi, Jenna. Gender runs my studio. I don't want people thinking that I'm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I'm and that's your like team, that. yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. That's, okay. That's, Sorry, Anthony. Say that again. No, that's awesome. I was just saying there was just definitely a lot for people to unpack in that. Probably worth going back and rewinding for anyone who's listening. There's a lot in there for sure. 
Um, thank you for that. I'm definitely taking those words okay. for myself as well. Um, we do appreciate your time. I'm going to let you run shortly, but I think we have a couple questions that we each might want to fire off uh, just for some quick sure. answers um, out of curiosity mostly. Are there any food or drinks that aspiring vocalists or vocalists in general should include in their diet? No. <laughs> no, simple. I think that that's bullshit. I think that you, again, it's your own body and you know what's right for you. So. Cold water okay. and milk. I, I, okay. Don't get neurotic. Don't be so neurotic. Singers are too neurotic. Uh, Stop. Just live your fucking life. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. My largest wear. Yeah, it's okay. You know, <laughs> look after yourself. Be smart. Yeah, yeah. Look Wait, after hold on. Body. Somebody thought that if they swear, their voice gets worse? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but you know what? Look after yourself, right? Look after yourself. Eat well, drink well, exercise, all that. But okay. um, you have to know how it affects your own voice. That there's no right or wrong. Cigarettes. Okay. Listen, it, I, I've worked with people who smoke up a chimney. Uh, obviously, Roy Wood smokes other things, <laughs> and you know, um, it gives some people it gives a quality to their voice that sounds amazing. Melissa Esch. Etheridge, yeah, uh, it's just one example, but smokes like a, and, and it gives a quality to the voice. So sure. again, I'm not the person to judge. I'm also not the person, I told you, I'm not the person to say you have it, you don't have it, you're monotone, you're not. Uh, that's just not my coaching You style. just told so me a monotone. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, can, Anthony. can you be helped? But can you be helped? Yes. There's hope. Yay. There's hope. And we're going to start with no, hope but on I mean, this I think that what you inhale directly affects your vocal cords. That everyone should really know. Okay. So what I inhale is going absolutely through my vocal cords. What I ingest in terms of food and liquid is indirect. So if I want to drink my face off one night, my body is going to be dehydrated. My vocal cords are going to get dehydrated. It's not smart. Okay. Okay. But are you going to do it because it was fun and you want to part? I mean, I'm not going to be the person. Do you have, do you have to sing tomorrow? What do you need to do to be able to sing tomorrow? I told all of you and I tell every artist that it is about consistency. How you do it is irrelevant to me, to your audience, to your producers, to your show uh, promoters. They just need to know that you're going to stand on that stage and deliver consistently. How you do that is up to you. Mm -hmm. Big words, okay. Yeah. Um, what are some common mistakes that singers make without knowing it? Common mistakes. Oh, I think strain. I think the bigger the mouth, the higher. Like, ah, oh no. Ah, if my mouth is small, <laughs> I can go higher. Getting bigger as I get up yep. uh, in my range can actually sabotage um it puts too much pressure. I, you know, it's too technical for me. But I think the bigger the mouth, the the bigger the voice. That's not necessarily true. It's how much pressure I put, and really, I'm using my own compression. Uh, oh, 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 I can't even do it. Like if my mouth is too big, mm. my voice doesn't work as well. So it's about compression, and then the sound into a microphone is more uh, clear. If my mouth is too wide, the sound is now going past the microphone. Make sense? Mm -hmm. So if I really want to maximize my volume, I need to keep my mouth in line with um, the mic. Yeah. Ah, doesn't achieve that result. Oh. Who are your favorite singers of all time? Top five. Wow. Well, I think I mentioned a couple of them already. <laughs> I really, obviously, I'm a Stevie Wonder fan. I'm a Shaka Khan fan. I am a deep Bruno Mars fan. I think he's one of the best singers of our generation. Um, I was a serious Mariah Carey fan. That's why the National Post called me Candace Mariah Carey, because <laughs> I listened to her like nonstop and wanted that range and really worked hard to achieve it. I think Ariana Grande is a really close similar second there like uh -huh. she's almost our our mariah carey of today and obviously one of the best singers pink i love pink I, I think that she's exceptional as a songwriter exceptional artist um and such a clear storyteller um 
I love Dolly Parton. I love some country music. I love Willie Nelson. (laughs) I'm just trying to think. Like, you know, the list is so long. um, And I think, you know, seeing live musicians has only, or live shows, has gotten me to become a fan of someone that I wouldn't have otherwise even liked before. And Willie Nelson's actually one of them that I went to one of his concerts and I was just like blown away. Wow. Neil Young's another one. I went to Desert Trip, mm-hmm. which was in Coachella about three, four years ago. And I had never seen Neil Young perform live. And I became a massive fan in that time. Wow. He sings a story like you no know, Paul McCartney, one of the best singers on the planet, <laughs> never takes a sip of water during a show, never is upset by singing his hits you know whereas you know bob dylan was part of that list and bob dylan could care less where he was could care less what the audience was doing never gave them what they wanted i would never see another concert of bob dylan in my life um (laughs) or or van morrison i mean i can tell you that right people who really care about their audience you're going to have fans forever um but the list is long. I mean, my God, there's just so many great. I, I think that whatever we're doing, I think Sean Mendez is also exceptional. Uh, what he's doing is exceptional. Um, as a songwriter, uh, he cares about his audience deeply. I love his voice. I told you I love that his speaking voice and singing voice are the same. Mm-hmm. And the list is huge. Guys, wow. it's so long, right? Amazing. That's incredible. Who's the oldest person you've ever talked to? <laughs> That I've ever coached? (laughs) (sighs) I would have to think about it. I had a guy, we did an offer. So one of the things that I've been doing online is these sort of free masterclasses because my commitment is to really reach as many singers as I can to motivate and inspire them. And so part of that is then to say, hey, if you want to work with me past this, here is an offer, like come and work with me. So a guy took us up on this offer, which was to have a private coaching session. And I think he would be 70 or late 60s. And he loved it. And he sang the most gorgeous folk song. I can't remember what it was, but it was beautiful. And the way we changed it and helped him realize the story even more um, was really exceptional. So... There's no limits to age. You know, you can sing forever. And and we think about, I saw Sarah Vaughn sing. I was uh, in high school and I saw Sarah Vaughn in her 90s. And it was like, what? Like, that's huge. Ella Fitzgerald was like one of the queens of jazz. You know, I saw her live at Roy Thompson Hall when I was in high school. Um, We can be singing at any age Singing is free. And here's something that I really want to say on this and every single thing that I do. We are in a state, this pandemic is is pretty scary. There, the high anxiety around the world um, is exceptional. Yep. And yeah. singing is free. free. Singing is free. Music can change your mood. Singing can change your mind. Uh, put on music and sing around your house. Yes. Sing in the shower. Make yourself feel good True. you know and it costs zero to yeah, do it free therapy that's music great great, great advice <laughs> yeah thank you so much for for today this has been amazing i might have to re-listen myself because i spent the last hour focusing on how i can engage different muscles when i speak but uh i really appreciate everything and your time especially today um, thank, you so thank you, and I look forward to seeing you on my vocal riff. I'm going to be there. Yeah, the we'll first be there. Tuesday in November. Yeah, it's working already. <laughs> Getting a little singing in my... So before working we... Already. <laughs> working already. Super happy it's Friday. Before we, uh, before we let you go, can you please, please shout out your socials, let people know where to find you online, and also any courses that are available for people like myself and real singers that are out there who want to get some help. For sure. So you can follow us at at Lawson Vocal Studios on Instagram and Facebook or Lorraine underscore Lawson also on all social media platforms. And the whole list of our online programs is there. We do things like Club LVS membership allows singers to kind of get into our studio, part of our community at a really inexpensive cost. And you have access to two classes a week. Uh, with that and that's part of Vocal Riff 
And then for artists that are a little bit more serious, we're always rolling out different artist development programs. And we have one starting on Wednesday called The Power of Performance based on this workbook, but very much about how to use this platform online uh, to really engage an audience at a deeper level, how to use your body and your voice to tell your story. Uh, super important. So check that all out. And I look forward to working with anybody who sees this. I'm looking forward to working with Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much, Lorraine. We really Thank appreciate you, that. This is really interesting. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed being a part of it, too. Mwah. Good morning. Go back to bed. <laughs> I'm going to work now. <laughs> yeah, work time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Bye. Have a great day. You Thanks so Thank much. You so much. All right. Thanks, Lorraine. Bye-bye. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com Captivate today to start your free trial.